want to tell you a little bit about our VBS this week. We had a great time with VBS, and this year's VBS was a little bit different. We had three nights of missions in the community. The first night, our theme was Acts 20, 35. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And we did a food can drive. We brought in canned food. Every child who was here had a bag of canned food. And we bagged it up. We took it up to the House of Refuge, which is right up the street. And there is a blessing box there on the wall. And anyone can come and take food out as they need. Or if you see it empty, we encourage you to take food, non-perishable items, and put in that box. It's right here on Main Street. And so then we worshipped and celebrated with them at their VBS. And they were singing the same songs and worshipping the same God as we were. And then the second night, our theme was, uh, We Are Transformed Into His Likeness. And all the little children and kids planted flowers and put them in pots and containers. We got on the bus and went over to Venture Homes, the assisted living uh, home there and here in town. And we took those uh, flowers and gave to the residents and took a couple of chairs and some some greenery and and just kind of spruced the place up a little bit. And then last night, our mission theme, our third mission trip, was may our Lord Jesus Christ encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And what we did was, is we took cards. They they made cards back in the Family Life Center and took those cards over to Mountain Manor to the home there and gave the residents of Mountain Manor a card that they had made. And so we have had three nights Uh, kids with a mission out in the community, and I really think this has been one of the best vacation Bible schools uh, I've ever been part of, so you'd be very proud of them. Well, we are in the third, uh, fifth, and final uh, sermon series on uh, how to lead a soul to Christ. I've been teaching on five simple steps to learn and use when talking to someone about becoming a Christian. And the scripture verse has been uh, from James chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. It says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the air of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And so the first step in leading a soul to Christ is you have to show the need for salvation. Most people believe that they are a good, moral person, but even good, moral people must have a relationship with Jesus Christ to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The second step was share the gospel. The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. So we have to find a balance between being too pushy 
and trying to have a spiritual conversation and being too timid. Either one is, is just as bad as the other. So we have to find just that right balance between being too timid and being too pushy. The third step was proclaim forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin is something that only God can do through Jesus Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Because of the resurrection, we can proclaim forgiveness. It is a free gift for those who will accept it. And last week we talked about the fourth step was to guide in prayer. You can guide someone in prayer. When you have the love of God in your heart, when you have compassion in your heart for that lost person, God will use you if you will but open your mouth and mind and heart and God will speak through you. And plus, there are lots of prayers that we can learn, such as the Lord's Prayer, that we can pray with anyone at any time. And so, it is the job of every believer, every professing church member, it is our duty as a Christian to be able to lead someone to Christ. And so today we're going to talk about step five, how to lead a soul to Christ, what I call take the next step. Let me tell you about a great time I had recently. It really all began several weeks ago when we were planning Friends and Family Sunday. I've been going out to visit in the community and working on building relationships with the unchurched. And as a result, I ran into a young man and his two-year-old daughter at McDonald's. After a couple of weeks of contact with this person back and forth, we decided to meet again and have breakfast and prayer. And as is typical, when you genuinely want to have a spiritual conversation with anyone, it only takes a short time before this guy opened up and began sharing what was on his heart. Let me go back for just a moment to that morning. I was, I was kind of rushing around to leave the house and I was looking for a Bible to take and I could not find one. <laughs> I thought all my Bibles are at the office. And so I was going through a cabinet and I saw two Two gift Bibles. They're actually uh, God's promises for graduates. And these were left over from 2015. And so I grabbed those two Bibles. I, I went to meet him at McDonald's. After a wonderful meeting and prayer together, uh, we decided that we would read through this whole book and meet back again next week. And so uh, this is not hardly as large as, a, as a, uh, a complete Bible. It's just some scripture uh, verses. And so it's, it's not really that long. And so it'll be easy to read through it very quickly in, in a week's time or less. And so uh, we're going to meet and have McChurch at McDonald's next week. And so uh, as, after we prayed and I was on my way out of McDonald's, I had another opportunity uh, to share my faith. There was a, uh, an older lady who was sitting there eating by herself. Uh, I introduced myself. Of course, I wore my Pastor Bruce Lee shirt so she would know I was a pastor. And uh, I introduced myself and she told me her name was Beatrice. And I said, oh, my mother's name was Beatrice. 
And I, I said, you know, my mom did not like it when anybody called her Beatrice. And she said, oh, no, I can't stand Beatrice either. <laughs> Call me Beatrice. And so uh, we uh, hit it off right away. And as it is with any time that you genuinely want to have a spiritual conversation, it does not take very long before that person is sharing what is on their heart. And so she began to share with me what was on her heart. And as we talked, she told me that she came to eat at McDonald's almost every morning. And uh, I asked her where she lived, and she said, well, she lived near Sayersville, but, but she didn't stay at home very much. In fact, she told me uh, that she uh, very often slept in her car or her truck. And then she said, but oh, don't get me wrong, I'm rich. And sure enough, she had some very nice rings on her finger. And we began to talk, and she said that her husband had died a couple of years ago. And so she, uh, they had lived together in that house 44 years. And she could not sell it, but she just could not hardly go back. The only time she went back home was to take a shower, get a clean change of clothes. And she said often she stayed in her car, she would stay in hotels, uh, but she just stayed at different places. And so we shared, and sure enough, I talked to her, and uh, I, I prayed with her, and I hope that next uh, week I'll have two people in church at McDonald's. Uh, I'm, I'm planning to meet with them, and I, I can't wait to see what the next steps are that we take together. You see, God is calling us. He's calling all of us to do His work. And God will use... Whatever you will give to Him, God will use that. And so, let me ask you, have you given God anything He could use this week? Have you told anyone about Jesus Christ recently? You see, what I've discovered is that most of the time, when I sit down to encourage someone else, by the time I'm finished talking to them, I am the one who leaves more encouraged than I ever imagined. You see, what I've discovered is that when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel weighted down or grieved, by the time I talk to one or two people about the good news of Jesus Christ, I start feeling more encouraged. I start feeling more uplifted. I start feeling more excitement and more joy. How awesome would it be that if we came back in next week and people here, you, were just as excited as I am about having witnessed and telling the story of the good news of Jesus Christ, sharing our faith, and you coming back in, and you having stories to tell like the ones I have shared with you today. Oh, what a joy it would be to see how God shapes us and transforms us and is shaping and transforming the community around us. When that happens, the church is no longer a place where broken people from outside the church come in, but it's a place where broken people inside the church go out. It's when we find our own healing and wholeness. 
You see, the next step after a person prays to receive grace and salvation, yes, it's baptism, and yes, it's becoming a member of the church, but the next step is really living the life as a disciple. And that is being a disciple, making more disciples. What disciple-making does is it creates unity. It creates unity within the church. It creates unity in the community. It creates a stronger voice as we are more and more united. It pleases God. Disciple-making will give you more blessings. Disciple-making will give you more time than what you ever thought you had. It'll give you more energy because God gives gifts to those who give gifts to others. And discipleship making is giving the gift of the good news of Jesus Christ and the priceless gift of eternal life. So much of making disciples is just taking that initiative. It's taking that next step. At conference this week, uh, John Edgar, the pastor of Church of All Nations, was the guest speaker. And he was telling about how that their church in just a few short years had provided $50 million worth of housing in Ohio. And a friend of his had came up to him and asked him, how did you all possibly do this? And he said, well, he wanted to know if he knew the story of the Good Samaritan. And sure enough, uh, everyone knows the story of the Good Samaritan. One day a priest was traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem, saw a man in the ditch and passed him by on the other side. Also, a Levi was traveling the same road, saw a man on the ditch who was wounded and robbed and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan came by, saw the man in the ditch, and he said, do you know the rest of the story? And he said, oh, oh yes, yes, I, I know the rest of the story. And he asked the question, he said, how did you know what the Samaritan had done before he provided food and water, before he bandaged this man's wounds, before he took him to the innkeeper, before he paid for his care until he came back? Do you know what he did first? And the other man was stumped. He said, no, I, I really don't know what he did before that. And John Edgar said to his friend, the first step the Good Samaritan had to do was to get up off his donkey. Hello? <laughs> and, and so there's a lot of truth in that. There's a deep reward for being a Good Samaritan and making disciples. But the first step that we have to do is we have to get up and we have to go out and be the church in the community. Maybe we have been sitting on our donkey too long. Friends, if you're not making disciples, you're not taking the next step after becoming a Christian. You see, the book of James reminds us whoever turns a sinner from the air of their way, will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. I cannot think of a bigger step 
for us to take. I can't think of a more important step for you to do. In fact, the great disciple maker himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so the hearts of his disciples were to go out and make disciples of others, learning to take the initiative to go out and teach and share the good news. Up front, we have two candles. Do you know why we light the two candles? I want you to stop and think with me about why we light these two candles. First of all, the acolytes normally would bring in the light, and it is the light of Christ that they are bringing into the sanctuary with us. And then at the end of the service, the acolytes come in, and they take the light of Christ out. But that's not the end. That's just the beginning. We are to take the light of Christ out with us. Back out into the community. Did you know the Apostles' Creed was not written by the Apostles at all? In fact, it was written about 150 years after the last original Apostle had died. But it was written as a call to discipleship. If anyone believes these things in the Apostles' Creed, let them come forward and profess Jesus as their Savior. And then go back out and take this creed with you and find other like-minded people who believe in this same creed that you do and make more disciples. That's why we have the Apostles' Creed. To make other disciples who believe the same thing that we believe. Our theme this week for VBS could have been Kids Take a Walk with God the God of the universe. Be a galactic star voyager. Our theme could have been campfire s'mores with Jesus. Our theme for VBS could have been tropical beach party by the sea of Galilee. But our theme was kids with a mission. And oh, you should be so proud of your kids, for they have this week been the hands and feet of God. Oh, if we could learn so much from our kids. Jesus loves you just the way you are, but Jesus isn't finished with you yet. It's time that that last part of Jesus is still working on me still shaping me and still forming me and still making a difference in my life. Who will it be that is never reached? Go out and touch someone with the grace you have received. Will you go out and be on fire with the grace of God in order to walk in your new identity as a Christian and as a believer? You have to get up and go and share the love and so my call to you this morning is, is there more you need to surrender? Is there more that needs to be surrendered? 
in order for us to take the next step in our walk with Jesus. What I've discovered is there are a lot of people out there. They've been turned off by bad evangelism efforts. And so they don't appreciate the opportunities to lead somebody else to Christ. But I believe there are good evangelism efforts and good ways to make a disciple if you'll follow these five steps. In Jesus' name, amen.